All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. Okay, Mr. Davis, now that we're into our 10th year, let's get over here to the question of the week. And this week's question is, do I really need to update my phone and computer? Yes, this is it's a good question. And the answer is that if you struggle with this, if you're someone who says, do I have to again, you're not alone. There are other people who are also burdened by this. They don't want to. They don't like it. They don't think it's worth it. And, you know, for a lot of different reasons. And they run into issues with this. This, You know what? I'm never going to update. The answer to the question is, yes, you really do need to update. Unless you don't want to. If you still want to run a Windows 95 computer or a Windows XP computer or one of the old iMacs from the 90s, you can still do that. And it will work and it will connect to the Internet. But you will have zero security that you have anything that's important to you on that computer. The rest of the world will know it. So if that's not important to you, then no, you don't need to run the updates. And you mentioned issues of security. You also just have issues of stuff working together. That most of the internet is not designed to run on a Windows 1995 computer because things have just changed in the past 25 years. And so if you have pieces of hardware, the software that runs the hardware might not like your old software. It might say, well, I'm expecting... Anything made after 2017, what do you mean this software was written in 2007? If you enjoy things like Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or connecting other peripherals to your computer and your printer or your external cameras or microphones or speakers are looking for a Windows 10 or the most recent iMac iOS operating system, and they may not work because you're running a 10-year-old software that's never been patched or updated. So no one's going to come and put a gun to your head and force you to press the update button, but this is the world that we live in. And, you know, it can be frustrating because you say, oh, you know, the new iOS came out and they moved the buttons around. Or the new Windows 11, the start button is now at the bottom middle instead of the bottom left. Do we, do we really have to do that? Was that really necessary? 
you know, I get that. That is frustrating. That can be hard. That can be a lot. But unfortunately, that's the way the world is and will continue to be. If ever we are in the situation where you don't have to keep updating your tech devices, there will be much larger issues at play. The good news is about 40% of adult smartphone owners update their smartphones automatically, according to Pew Research. Only 3% say they never update. And those 3% are foolish. They also might be older people who just don't don't care about those things like security or connectivity and they might just have the flip phone from 2004 that played snake and sent sms texts on the t9 keyboard you know sure if you, if that is you keep on rocking well but if they've got that older phone it won't work anymore because if you're still running a 3g or 2g or a 3g cell phone those won't connect to anything anymore. So you will have to have upgraded at some point to to use that brick that you have in your hand. So, yes, it's not that difficult to run the updates. It's not that hard. If you need help, phone a friend. Yeah, it's and get used to it. That's basically the best advice we have, because this is this is how it's going to be. And you know, just learn to love it. That's that's all you can really do here. The big story this week is all about deep fakes and the images that are being created with these deep fakes. Yes, uh, because unfortunately, a lot of them are pornographic. Roughly 90% of all deep fake videos that are out there are pornographic in nature. And that's that's a lot when you have that huge a concentration of what people are doing with deep fake videos is all about pushing porn. Well, that also lets you know what people are wanting to consume, though. And it's all also a 550 percent increase in volume from 2019 to 2023. As this technology has gotten better, as it has gotten easier, as it has proliferated, People started doing it more and more, and boy, that's a large increase. And this is a you know whenever you see ninety eight percent, you you really see what the market is for this. Some of the other problems that are out there with this, there was a group of high school boys in New Jersey that were using artificial intelligence to make nude photos of their female classmates. This is a gross and creepy and weird problem, but the bigger problem is that it's not illegal. Even though the classmates were underage, laws don't prevent this yet. We have yet to develop a framework around generative AI, and so, you know, even though these poor girls were probably disgusted and felt violated in a lot of deep ways, there's not really a whole lot you can do. There are some states that are starting to try to do things. The state of New York has recently passed legislation that would make it illegal to distribute deep fake pornography. But again, that's a little too late for this these 
these poor girls in this high school. A lot of other states have started talking about it, but nothing has been signed and and certainly none of it has been tested in the courts. Right. Because, you know, one thing to point out is that there's the difference between distribution and creation. That if you say, oh, this is just for my personal use on my personal computer versus you start sharing it. Okay, maybe it's a little better if you're just a weirdo who has it in your own basement, but I still don't love that. But then, you know, you have brought the point of testing it in court that we have not yet really begun to play around with how will generative AI exist in our legal framework. Is there something fundamentally different about the fact that this isn't a real image? I don't know. I'm not a legal expert, and I would love to talk to one to get their opinions. You've got to believe the First Amendment folks are going to come out and on from both sides of this and and argue very very fervently in from both 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 sides and it's it's going to be real interesting to see how it plays out because that's another point is that what are you allowed to create what are you not allowed to create and then is it something that we're going to enforce at the legal level is it something that these tech companies are going to try and put in guardrails into their software well, if you, you, know, you have the large ones like your Dolly or your Stable Diffusion or Adobe's Firefly, they might have guardrails in them. But what if people train their own image generators at home? And then those are, you know, you can't really get to all the small ones that are homemade. That's just, you can't stop that. They're just too, too many, too small, too far distributed. This is the world that we're moving into. And how is that any different than somebody with a paintbrush and a canvas or just a couple of pencils and hand drawing deep fakes of of these girls and what they think they would look like? Is that really that much different? And is that illegal? That's a great question. That's, you know, it's it's okay if it's it's very clear cut if if that is a picture directly of the person. But if it's, oh, well, I think that it, this kind of sort of looks like them, and it, it, everyone thinks that it looks like them, but it's not actually them, I don't know. That is a really complicated question, and where do you draw the line? Is it, oh, the this artificial intelligence, it, it missed the one mole on my back, therefore it's not me? Or is it, no, that's pretty clearly me. What is the line? I don't know. Another line that is potentially being crossed, the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, has made remarks in the past about monitoring everything that happens on his computer and how that information is shared with his family. We're not here to comment on any of the other details associated with this story. They are strange, but they're not the technical aspects of the story. What makes this story a tech gumbo story is the fact that there's a third-party software that is scanning all of his devices, all of his computers, his phone, tablets, and then they produce a report. And, you know, yes, you got a, a good day or no, you had a bad day, but that's not the point. The point is that this looks a whole lot like a national security issue if you have some company, some third-party non-vetted company that is has access to 
all of your computer behavioral habits? Oh, man. And, oh, by the way, you're the second in line to be the president of the United States. And everything you've done online for the past, since 2016, has been read and is probably warehouse data storage facilities have all of your content. And you're the second in line to be the president? That's not great. <laughs> um, but I think even if we take a step back here, this story is applicable to people outside of Mike Johnson. That if you just are trusting this random third-party company with all of your data, what do you think they're doing with it? Yeah, sure, he, there is a subscription cost, but are they agreeing to not share that data with anyone? Or are they taking all that data and they're selling it in some way? Because if they're scanning all of your devices, the ad revenue for that data is just astronomical. It's so valuable. Okay, great. So this software is creating this report that he can share with his family and say, hey, look, I was good on the computer, on my phone. I didn't do anything untowards that goes against his faith and, and those types of things. We're not attacking that at all. That's actually very nice that he's he's not going to those sites. It's more about the fact that he's a sitting U.S. congressman. And even, even before he was Speaker of the House, as a U.S. congressman, everything on his computer, everything on his smartphone was being read by this third-party company. And the data storage of that just scares me like, oh, my God. You're telling me you're sitting in on some of these really high-end meetings. You're in congressional hearings talking about legislation, and you've got some third-party company warehousing all of your data? Yes, that is exactly right. This is a, a privacy and security issue because let's even – let's take this company at their word and absolutely steel man them that they would never sell anything or do anything untoward with the data that is entrusted to them. but data gets hacked all the time that if this is probably not a large company and so they probably have some security but any company that is warehousing data like this is a target for hackers especially if the hackers figure out that some of this data belongs to a high profile target like a sitting u.s congressman because i'm gonna guess that there are other important people who also have this software running across all of their devices. And so if you are someone who is trying to gain access to important information, you look at that like, you know, a shark looking at seals. I really hope that the NSA, CISA, any one of these, now that this is the Speaker of the House, they have come in and cleaned all this stuff off of his computers. That's all I can hope. And it, it raises the bigger question of how many other people in Congress have this software? Was he the only one or are there multiple people? How many other people just in high profile positions that aren't as visible as the speaker of the house also have software like this on their computer? These are major security risks. It is what he is trying to do is a wonderful notion. He's great intentions here. He's trying to hold himself to a high standard, and I, we salute that. But you have to consider this issue all the way around. And 
there's just so many ways that this could go terribly wrong. Speaking of things going terribly wrong, a recent release of a whole lot of AI-generated images just really, really went to stereotype overload. So this is a report that was generated looking at the new image generators like Stable Diffusion and DALI. And one of the things that we have talked about on the show numerous times is the ways that artificial intelligence will propagate bias, that it's bias exists in the world and we're going to amplify it and we're only going to make it worse instead of making it better. We can't really obviously show you these pictures on the radio, but the Stanford University researcher asked, generate some photos of pictures of houses in the United States. And there they are, a gothic house, a beautiful split level house, just really pretty stuff. But then it said, Show me a picture of a house in China. And now all of it's, it's got the pagoda-style arches. And then they go to India. And now they're very dirty and run down and the windows aren't there. And you just went really stereotypical really fast. It continues. If you say generate a portrait photo of a person at social services, they're all people of color. Uh, if you say, oh, but generate a portrait photo of a productive person, it's a bunch of white men who are young and very attractive at desks, and they have a bunch of things on their desk, and it's a very singular vision of what productivity looks like. And in this article of the eight photos, seven of them are white guys with a tie, and there's one black guy. He does have a tie on, and he does look professional and very successful, but really, one out of eight? And there's no women in these photos. As opposed to if you say of a person cleaning, it's all women and they have on rubber gloves and they have uh, some soap and they are scrubbing a household surface. Yes, it looks like just the cute little housewife who is in their first home, don't even have kids yet. Just cleaning that house for when that, that highly productive male comes home. She's got that house cleaned for them. These are just really bad. Yeah, this is not how the world works anymore, and we should have our tools reflect how people actually are, how people actually work, and they should show a variety of situations because that's how things actually are. If we only have a singular vision of the way the, the world works, if our tools are just very narrow, that limits our imagination and limits the things that we can do. Which gets back to one of the biggest problems with artificial intelligence and these generative large language model. It only can produce what it's been taught. It doesn't have the nuance to go out and learn something on its own. It can only understand what it's been taught. And so if it's been taught, people with social services are poor black people, but productive people are white guys with a tie. Well, that's what it's going to give you images of. Yes, this is garbage in equals garbage out. And this is a really hard problem. You know, the people who made these uh, models aren't evil people. They're not trying to sit there and do this on purpose. But you have to take a large amount of effort to potentially overcome this. And even then, we're not even sure if you can. It might just be that this is the nature of generative AI, is that it can only propagate bias in this way and that would be a pretty 
bad outcome, and I don't know if we can avoid it. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission, and that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.